she throws a demon oh, in the yeah, further yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. and even does the like wave, like yes. come get me, come Shocking. get some. Shocking. A shockaroo. Yeah. Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are talking about the insidious movies that you can watch at home on home video before Insidious the Red Door comes out. Actually, the day that this comes out, if you're listening in real time. That's true. So you could you could essentially catch up with us mm-hmm. and then go see the Red Door. Yep. Um, this, of course, comes to us uh, courtesy of uh, our stalwart listener, JD. Yes, thank you, Who I JD. think has been gunning for an Insidious episode for a while, so I hope that this lives up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we're going to cover chapters one through four. Right. These were called chapters until they got to the fourth movie. So it's Insidious, Insidious chapter two, chapter three, and then Insidious the Last Key. Mm-hmm. So they start to get into the subtitle game. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wonder if the last key opens the red door. May Chris, do you think fan theory? <laughs> I smell a fan theory. <laughs> Why don't we start uh, classic? What's your history with Insidious? So, I mean, really, not very much of a history at all. I've been aware of them. I knew as they ca- came out, but I just. I don't know, I didn't see them for whatever reason. And then I think maybe last year uh, I had the day off and I was like, you know what? I'm going to finally watch Insidious and I'm going to give myself a little Insidious um, marathon. And I watched the first one. I wasn't loving it. I turned on the second one, wasn't loving that. So I turned that off and then here we are. Yep. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I've tried to watch Insidious several times without it taking. Yeah. Um, and really, I think it took doing a show about it for me to go mm-hmm. whole hog into watching them. Right. Because they came out, the first Insidious movie came out in 2011. Yeah. April 1st, 2011, which is a cool release date, that April Fool's Day. But like it came out. Also, it's 010010. No, not 01. Never mind. Never mind. Well, it's still all 01. It's and an ones. 01 and 01. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, but so this was also like partly in the middle of, partly quite frankly, kicked off mm-hmm. this string of paranormal haunted house movies where they... Yeah. I feel like there was a period of time in the early 2010s where so many of these haunted house movies existed and largely all looked and felt the same to me. Definitely. Definitely. So, and or exorcism movies. Yes. That's another good one. Like at one. the same kind of time, I think. Just a genre pop. Yep. I don't know if that's just like, you know, studios being like this kind of movie is doing is well, doing so well. make one. I would imagine. I mean, I would. But so I wrote down a few. So obviously Insidious, Sinister, mm-hmm. which I feel like came out like... I watched that just a couple months ago. Really? Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down? Um, I would say... Thumbs up. It it ends extremely abruptly. Okay. Um. Yeah. Thumbs up. It's a gentle thumbs up. All right. Yeah. Um. The Conjuring, Annabelle, Lights Out, Mama, Slenderman. Wait, what's Lights Out? Lights Out is um. It's from David F. Sandberg. Okay. It started oh, as a YouTube video where somebody flicks on and off a light switch, and when the lights are off, you can see a shadowy figure. Mm-hmm. It's a great YouTube video. Yeah, I, just, I, I didn't see that movie. I recently watched the movie, mm-hmm. and there's literally a moment where somebody fires a gun at the ghost, and uh, the ghost says, that won't hurt me. <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> how spooky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mama, Slenderman, Hereditary, The Grudge, Dr. Sleep, The Nun, The Woman in Black, and they even made a remake of Poltergeist, I think, to capitalize yep. on, like, Insidious. Mm-hmm. 
and it just i don't know it was it's great i love to see that horrors out and doing well but yeah. it just felt a lot like the same movie yeah and so insidious just never really took for me right you know i was resistant to it, it mm-hmm. i don't know it was like, yeah i don't know i think same deal i think i probably didn't see it when it was out because it just just did feel like it was part of the same white noise thing of like frankly like it seems like mostly mediocre yep sorts of movies of this genre we're just like all right there's another one of this there's another one of this and i'm not super interested totally and a lot of pg-13 it feels yeah yeah right like and, and you know pg-13 I do, I do appreciate a pg-13 actually i absolutely do too yeah i i like a pg-13 vibe quite yeah, I frankly I, I feel like sometimes when people make an r-rated horror there's they're always at risk of becoming try hard or right. edgy or something right where you want to like take advantage of the rating yeah. and so just go really hard and give people whatever but like i like a, a chiller i totally agree yeah. but i think i also am of the mind like i'm not chasing a pg-13 necessarily like i feel like it's like make your movie and let the chips fall where they may yeah to some extent this feels like a lot of these movies seem to me like a movie that is deliberately like this is like a kid's first horror movie yeah i definitely think this feels be. like a safe mm-hmm. environment to provide sp- spooky scares right and that yeah, I, I think that there's definitely a place for that, but just not for me in my mm-hmm. th- in this uh, in the sunset of my uh, <laughs> my sunset years. <laughs> I don't think that's for me. You're 36. But so uh, I uh, I also wanted to write down like where did this come from? Yeah. Like what's the inspiration for Insidious? So on the whole, they're very much like haunted house stories mm-hmm. where there's typically it seems like a big bad ghost or demon is haunting a person, group of people, family, and you've got to find the way to save yourself and get rid of the demon. Right. So where did this come from? And they're made initially, at least, by James Wan and Lee Wannell, mm-hmm. who are most famous for the Saw movies, uh, which themselves were like super gory, hard yeah. R. Yeah. Hard, 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 hard R. And this is what James Wan had to say about why he started to get into Insidious. Because of my reputation I've really built for, my, for myself with the Saw franchise, I wanted to prove that I can make another scary movie that does not have an ounce of blood or gore or guts in it. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of an, it's like a challenge yeah, to himself. definitely. And also just like a smart career move so that you're not pigeonholed as only doing that thing if that's not what you want to do. Yeah, it, he deliberately took a left, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but the movie is also based... partially on the notion of astral projection all of them really that's like a kickoff point and it seems like almost from a creative business standpoint james wan and lee wanell were like no one's really done astral projection yeah in a horror movie yeah maybe we'll be the ones to do it we'll be the astral projection guys Um, that weird (laughs) <laughs> we'll be. <laughs> you said it like a, an excited <laughs> little kid. Guys. We'll be the astral projection guys. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like after Saw, they did make a haunted ghosty movie called Dead Silence. Sure did. I also watched that like this year. I have not seen it in a long time. I did Give not it watch look. it for this show. But like, I feel like it is more successfully a scary ghost story. Yeah. Than this is. Yeah. This to me feels like it's for. It's like. Uh, the insidious movies on the whole and we're going to get into them one by one yep but like on the whole i do feel like there there's little that i haven't ever seen before mm-hmm. in yeah, insidious I think that's true. but dead silence itself even though i don't know there were familiar vibes it's about a spooky ventriloquist puppet and a ghost right so like i mean you've seen spooky ventriloquist puppet stuff somewhere goosebumps slappy slappy i yeah. want to talk to slappy <laughs> 
but like famously i tweeted out i want to talk to slappy hashtag goosebumps or something and will was like what the hell is this it's because they said do that and you might get like a phone call from slappy or something yeah you got nothing out of it yeah nothing happened um you're like one of those grimace shake kids just (laughs) advertising yeah Yeah, i know i'm just a corporate shill and i don't even know it disgusting you just comfortable being a corporate shill for goosebumps i'll be your corporate shill that's fine yeah honestly for like anything yeah um so uh yeah, Dead Silence I thought was like pretty cool and wacky and crazy and it out is, there. It's still good. And yeah. then we got uh, Insidious. So, well, also there is, it, it seems like it was also partially inspired by a creepy pasta poem called "Into the Further You Go." Oh, um, which is really long, so I don't even have it all here. But they do use a little snippet of it in the movie. It's actually it's not even it's it's not a snippet of the actual poem. They use a little poem, which seems like it might be a nod to the larger poem. And the story is kind of inspiration. So in the first movie, uh, Elise, who is like this psychic in the movie, says, "Now you're outside. Let my voice be your guide. Keep a steady stride into the further you go." Wow, I mm-hmm. I don't remember her saying that. Yeah, and I didn't know that. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, well, I've got a. I wrote little synopses for each movie. Yeah. So I'm gonna read you a synopsis. They are gonna spoil the movies, but we're gonna spoil them one by one. Mm-hmm. So we'll spoil Insidious one and talk about it, but don't worry about the others. So you can basically like watch along with us almost. Yeah. We're just gonna talk about the first Insidious right now that came out in April 2011. Yeah. So be aware go. of spoilers from this point on in general. And here's what happens in this movie. Three, <laughs> two, one. She is an old woman. She is an old woman. Yeah. There's a psychic named Elise who's Mm -hmm. going to help the Lambert family who have just moved into a new house and things are going horribly wrong. The house's security alarm keeps going off. Strange voices are coming through the baby monitor, terrifying the mother of the family, Renee. And when the eldest son, Dalton, encounters a spooky ghost in the attic, he falls into a seemingly supernatural coma. After contacting a psychic named Elise and her two bumbling sidekicks, Specs and Tucker, mm-hmm. they learn uh, the men in the Lambert family are all astral projectors, including the father of the family, Josh, pa- played by Patrick Wilson. With Dalton's spirit lost in the netherworld, Elise refers to as the further, nefarious ghosties and demons are circling Dalton's body as a potential ticket back to life. Yeah. There are a ton of ghosts in this thing. Like uh, It's really like a, a smorgasbord. Shock-a-block full. It's like there's blood in the water and a bunch of sharks come around. Yeah. Including a bride in black known as Veilhead, mm-hmm. a long-haired fiend who's just kind of a guy. He looks like a <laughs> Victorian yeah. ghost tour. The word fiend is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the lipstick-faced demon. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Ah. Who's basically like the icon of the franchise. It looks yeah. like Darth Maul. Yeah, like you may have seen a picture. It's it's used as a gift sometimes of Patrick Wilson, if you know who that is, just like a white guy sitting at a table and then this like red and black thing kind of like creeping from behind him. That's from Insidious. Probably the best scare in the movie. It's a jump scare, yeah, it's but fun. it's like a daytime yeah. jump scare with an actual monster instead of just like a cat jumping on a person's head right. or something. But so all of these ghosts are in the movie. And the big question is, can Josh manage to astrally project himself? Find his son in the further, the ghost realm, right. and get the family back together. The answer, yes and no. Right. Because Dalton does come back, but something is wrong when Josh wakes up. Left alone with Elise, played by Lynn Shea, she senses something is awry, 
So she snaps a photo of Josh, which enrages him. And before she knows it, he's pounced on top of her and he chokes her to death at the end of this movie. Uh, then uh, Renee will later discover... Played by Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, yep. Will discover Elise's body and the photograph, which she picks up and looks at, covering her mouth in shock, implying that she sees whoever might be possessing her husband. Yep. But credits roll. Yikes. Yikes. So Insidious 1, what do you yeah. think in 2023? So weirdly, I mean, I think I only saw it for the first time in, I guess, 2022. Um, strangely, I, I, I didn't hate watching everything, but I like didn't really love it. No. But when I think about it, there are really cool elements to it that I think to myself, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. But the, it didn't feel that cool at the time. I think it has kind of a mopey flavor to it. Yes. Like even scenes that would maybe be triumphant, like Dalton waking up from basically a coma. They say it's just that he's just straight up asleep, but for some reason he just won't wake up. But I think they're hesitant to refer to it as a coma. He wakes up from a coma and it's like sad piano music. Like everything yeah. is just kind of like... But... There are some really cool things in there where I think about it. I'm like, that's what a, what a freak show. That's a nuts scene. So like Elise going into the further at one point, they're sitting at a table in the dark in the round and she has like a gas mask on that's connected to Spex's ear, who's Lee Wanell. And then he's transcribing what she says. And she starts like having distress in the further. And so in real life, she starts like shaking and they're showing it and it's dark, but they have these strange lights up that have a purpose as well. And I was, and thinking about it, I'm like, that is so weird and cool. I haven't seen anything like that before. I think they did a good job. Like the things that like, obviously this is a very, very, very low budget movie. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's, some of it is like, like when James Wan was like, I wanted to prove that I can make a movie without blood and gore. Right. It also feels like this entire movie is just like, a ch like, you know, have you ever heard of like the 48 hour film festival? No. Where it's like the whole point is that you go from idea to finished movie oh. in 48 hours. Oh, wow. And it's like, it feels like you're almost watching a type of stunt kind of thing like that, where it's just like, with no money mm -hmm. and never, ever, ever showing blood or violence, right? Make a scary to tell movie. You the truth, I didn't even think about that. Like, no, the, I the didn't lack think of about blood it or violence thing. I totally think they created their own like language of the yes. supernatural here. Yeah, it's it's a, definitely like a unique point of view on it. The, the I don't know. Yeah, it's it really does have its own lore that's really cool. But there's just something about the way that it's executed, yep. I guess, that just doesn't really jive with with me for whatever reason but like i said there are just parts of what it is that when i think about it i'm like that's cool yeah that's i neat. never feel any any dose of like anticipation or mm -mm. I anxiety feel very, like, just, like, flat totally flat line the entire way through yeah which is weird because like I, I think it really is like it lives and dies sort of in its weird own iconography yeah where it's like the lipstick faced demon even though it is, you know, a Star Wars villain. Right. It's cool. It looks like a... It is cool. It looks like a classic devil. It looks like... Yes. If anything, I had like a little bit of a peek when it's toward the end and uh, Josh, who is the dad of the family, is going into the further to like find the sun. And you see the further and it's so weird where the lipstick faced demon lives. Yeah. Like he's in... It almost looks like he's in like a control booth above everything. <laughs> and like... 
like in Wayne's world, like when there's like a big glass, you can look down on everything. Yeah. It's like he's in there, but he's like sharpening his claws and stuff. It's and really it, cartoony. It's really cartoony, but I kind of liked it. I was yeah. like, this is so weird. And it also just feels so out of nowhere. I was like, what is this place? Yes. Because so far it's just been everybody walking around the dark and the mist. But now we have this guy who has like his own room and I don't totally understand why. I totally agree. I think that it looks like the lipstick face demon, like he's in a weird parlor too. Mm -hmm. yeah. So once you actually see his room, like it's not only that he's got that weird grinder spinning wheel thing, which also feels like a Rumpelstiltskin. Yes. Yeah. When I say you sharpen his nails, he's like, it's some sort of thing that you turn, I guess, what do you call this? Uh, honing stone kind of. Okay. That's like round. I had to learn about it in cosmetology school. So it's round and he's like making it go around so you can just kind of hold his nail to it and the, the uh, motion of the stone will file it basically. Yeah. So yeah, it is all like antique and parlory in there and everything's like very red. And he's listening to Tiny Tim. I couldn't remember. I was just thinking like, isn't he listening to something weird? Yeah. Tiptoe through the tulips. It was like this, and like that too, like the ironic old-timey music. Well, that's my, part of my point is like yeah. almost everything in this movie feels tired to me. Like the fun stuff is seeing just like a movie, remember like when The Witch came out mm -hmm. and it had a witch in it, like a classic I know, finally. cackling witch. Yes. And it was just like, I can't believe I'm seeing this in briefly, a modern context. Frankly. But it is like the Snow White witch yep. or something. And it's really scary. I want that wave to come around. I know we had the wave of like haunted house movies where everything's dark and blue and exorcisms where everything's green or whatever. Yeah. I want more classic witches. Yeah, I could go for more witches. Yeah. Sure. Why the hell not? Mm -hmm. But like I feel like this went ahead and was like we've got a demon. Right. A hardcore like hoofed. Yeah. Red faced demon. They don't lean on him super hard, though, I feel like. He's not popping up, like, constantly. No, it's a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, like, the, the weird... Uh, it's, like, one of a million weird things yeah. in this franchise. I know. Which like, is, I like, they created... would want a set-piece bad guy. And yeah. he seems like a set-piece because he's the weirdest-looking one of them all. But there's no story about him. Like, you calling him the lipstick-faced demon is obviously, like, an online right. thing that happened afterward. Like, we really don't know anything about no. him. And he appears twice. We should know that his name is, like... Karku, yeah, right. the devourer of children. Yes. You know, like we need to know lore about this guy mm -hmm. by now. It's been more than a decade and yeah. four movies. Yeah. But he's like not the bad guy. At right. best, it seems like he is maybe keeping the spirit of Dalton. I like this idea of the astral projection. Mm -hmm. I yeah. do think that this is a cool launching point for a story. Yeah, definitely. Like this kid can astrally project, but he's not skilled at it. So one night... He's, his spirit is walking away from his body and he can't find his way back. So right. now there's an empty living human shell mm -hmm. that any number of ghosts and demons might want. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, totally is. And I like the idea that there are ghosts that want to possess it. And I, it's, there's like a double speak thing. They're like the lipstick face demon is the closest one to doing that. Mm -hmm. But what we see in the movie, it seems like the lipstick face demon is maybe... He's holding the soul of the boy. Like, he doesn't care about the body. He wants to keep the soul by him or something. Yeah, he doesn't seem to want to let Dalton leave the further, which yeah. I guess is the opposite of what they're saying all the other ghosts want to do. They want to come back into the real world with Dalton. Which would make sense to me. I like the idea that there mm -hmm. are ghosts and there are demons. Yeah. And what they want is two different, different things. That makes sense to me. Yeah. But it then gets also further weird where it's just like, the ghosts we see are not that interesting to me. Not really. What do you think about the James Wan style 
ghosts and scary people. He has like a very distinctive style because it's it's in uh, Dead Silence and here. It's the same kind of makeup and like the lighting and sort of pancakey yep. makeup. Yep. It's in it's in either the chapter two or chapter three where somebody is watching Carnival of Souls, mm -hmm. which was the uh, Herc Hervey movie. Yeah. From 1960. Maybe just 1960. Could be. And it was a black and white movie. And uh, there was a, a man uh, that is stalking this woman. And it's a really eerie, bizarre, David Lynchy kind of like what's real, what's not real yeah, it's kind a cool of movie. movie. But it's that pancake makeup in black and white that mm -hmm. really stands out. Yeah. And I feel like I would appreciate in uh, this is weird to say. I almost wish it was in black and white. Hmm. Or like that, like maybe the further when you go into the further. Yeah. Because I do think it's shot like as if it's going to be the equivalent contrast of looking like it's in black and white. Because like you said, the entire movie is blue. Like yeah. every movie was for a long time. And when you go into the, the netherworld, the further, everything's even less saturated, mm -hmm. which is hard to imagine. Right. But like everybody in there has this pancake makeup and they're all smiling like they're in the Black Hole Sun music video. <laughs> I almost think that the further yeah, itself right. needs to be in black and white yeah. and have the lipstick face demons, the red on him, like right, have that exactly. really pop or something pops. like that. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm fine with it, but it just yeah. feels like it's like, I don't know. It feels sort of limited by modern day. It just feels like it's out of time. So it's weird yeah. to see it in color. Yeah, definitely. I like them. I li like, I like this kind of style. It's just, it's very signature to him. I feel like there's something about it that is different than even in Carnival of Souls or other things. There's just something to maybe the makeup itself or the way he shoots it that kind of goes beyond just pancake makeup stuff. Hmm. Um, and I, I find it like creepy and like weird to look at. It is I, weird to I, look at, which I, I think like it it. is good. It like yeah. needs to be weird to look at. Right. And it does that. When I don't like it and it happens in Insidious 1 is when that starts to intersect with like uh, like 50s Americana, but like warped. Right. And so sort of like underlining that like this was like the cherry pie time, but you know, things weren't as they seem. Yeah. That's just like really tired to me and like all the, out yeah it's just like not that interesting but i i do like just the look of how he chooses to make scary people look yeah yeah i totally agree i think it's dated in a way but i still yeah. enjoy it it's totally dated for yeah. me but i i, I also don't dislike it or mm -hmm. anything but I, I i'm into the idea of the further as this like upside down kind of place where it's like yeah again like i think most of this movie is about the budget yeah. And James Wan's personal, you're just like watching his personal. I know. Like challenge to yeah. himself. Right. Um, so like when they film the ghost realm, they don't have a lot of money for that. So it's like the same living room set, mm -hmm. but just with a different color grading to it. Yeah. And with tiptoe through the tulips playing or whatever. Right. Where it's like, it's basically the same thing either way. And it works because you're saying that it's, it's this world, but not. Totally. And you can appreciate the imagination of it. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I like all the I like all the weird other ghost stuff. So like Elise mm -hmm. when she finally comes in and and weirdly like now she's Lynn Shea has become like what the franchise is. Yeah. But if you were just watching the movie, you wouldn't anticipate that she would exist. Right. But I do like that like there is this other language of ghost hunting in this mm -hmm. world where she does wear a gas mask during a séance and I've never seen that before. No. Is it like a sensory deprivation? I think so. Thing? I think so. And also I, I guess like it was partially that she speaks very softly during this right. and that's why her like mouthpiece is connected to Lee Wanell's ear. 
Maybe, maybe. But either way. I don't know. But yeah, I've never seen that before. And it's just like, like I said, for some reason in the moment, I wasn't like, whoa, so cool. But just in the days after I've watched it, I've just thought of it and been like, that is wild. Like, it is it's wild. a really neat thing. It all feels like it comes from a place of like, well, that would be cool. So put it in. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel like everything has a real lived in. Yeah. It kind of just feels like everything's thrown at the screen sometimes, but I'm not against sometimes. it. Sometimes. I don't know. I, I see a rationale be- behind that gas masky thing. I think they are just trying to create a different language of ghost hunting. Yeah, for sure. So. She's got two uh, little cohorts. Yeah. One played by Lee Wanell, the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he's Specs. And then there's Tucker. Did you think it was weird? So, like, at one point, like, the further is, like, I don't know, give them hell on the outside. Yeah. And so, like, everybody in the room who was participating in the science is, like, seance is, like, being thrown against the walls and whatever. And um, instead of calling him by his real name, which is Steven, uh, Elise goes, Specs! Does like, she? isn't that the time to abandon a nickname? That's the time to call him Steven. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> right? That's really weird. Because, yeah, they are just, like, they're two archetypes of yeah. a thing. They're wearing white shirts and black ties. Mm-hmm. They they look they look like they're supposed to be from, like, 1950s government workers. Yeah, like they're men in black or something. Yeah, which yeah. is itself kind of interesting. Like, everything is just, like, visually interesting, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like there's a ton of substance, necessarily. Yeah. And they have tools that are like an old Viewmaster where you look mm-hmm. through different colors through a Viewmaster and that brings out different, it's like seeing night vision right. or heat signature stuff or something, but for ghost hunting. Yeah. It's like all of that's kind of fun, but something about all of it just doesn't feel very deep yeah. to me at all. Mm-hmm. And the whole story uh, ultimately ends up feeling like some cross between like like poltergeist and you know what it all feels like to me it feels like when you watch american horror story Mm -hmm. and almost every single thing that happens you can be like that's from the shining oh yeah that's from rosemary's baby that's from it's just like this isn't so much a story as it is like a scrapbook Mm -hmm. of things from other pop culture now just assembled in this configuration yeah in this movie you feel that way Hmm, I didn't feel In this that. franchise. I feel like yeah. the whole franchise is like this. Well, let's let's move on. Let's talk about yeah, Insidious Let's move two. on. I'm fine with Insidious 1. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it's really, 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 really slow. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. All right. I liked it more this time than... Uh, I, I, ha- I definitely had a more positive overall Insidious experience this time than when I was trying to do a marathon in the past. My feeling, I liked it more than I had. My feeling was that like it starts so small, which I think is like a great idea mm-hmm. to be like, give me... One million dollars, yeah. and I'll make you a scary movie. Right. And now it's gone on for over a decade with a bunch of entries. Like, the gambit totally played off. Totally. But my feeling was also, like, I bet they're going to get better as they go. Because mm-hmm. this is the smallest beginning that they could almost yeah. find. Yeah. And so they better improve yeah, right. <laughs> over the course of time. Insidious 1 is fine. Mm-hmm. Insidious 2, Chapter 2, comes out in September 2013. Bizarrely, The Conjuring... Came out a few months before it. Oh. The other James Wan mm-hmm. family friendly. Weird. Starring Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson ghost family yeah. story. So strange. So here's here's what happens in Patrick Insidious. Wilson playing two very different dudes. Very. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of cool. I yeah. like him in this. I love Patrick Wilson. I think he's great. Uh, so here we go. The house is still experiencing hauntings as well as the entire Lambert family. Essentially... It, Showing that the events of Insidious 1 never ended right, to some fixed. extent. So picking up right where we left off, we learn that Josh has been possessed and choked Elise to death. 
he is possessed specifically by the ghost known as Veilhead. In life, this was the serial killer, the Bride in Black, Parker Crane, who was tortured and abused by his mother all his life, forced to dress like a girl. He tried to castrate himself, took out his anger on over a dozen victims, and eventually leapt to his death. Hmm. In death, he's finally possessed a body, which I guess... Finally. Yeah, well, that's sort of how it's played. Like, he almost acts like this is going to be his ticket to a normal life. (laughs) Yeah, certainly not. Because he'll, like, possess Josh. Yeah. Parker Crane, Veilhead, Bright and Black Josh will be like, Renee, uh, are the kids okay? Do you need me to pick them up from school? <laughs> like, you're just going to slot right into the family? I guess I thought that he was just sort of trying to, like, play it low-key and be like, nothing's wrong here, until he could kill them all or something and then, like, start out on his own. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. To yeah. be honest, like, this is where I think the franchise gets real crazy. Yeah. Oh, but also is... where it becomes very evident that this Insidious franchise has the same issue as the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you a messy story full of a bunch of things. Yeah. Anything you didn't understand will be painstakingly explained in a yes. future sequel. Yes. The Insidious sequel is a franchise, just like the Saw franchise, is full of flashbacks oh my and God. retcons and remember this and... Very much so. It's not Whoa. told in a linear way. No. Is it by design or is it out of, like, necessity to tidy up messes as they create I have them? no idea. Doesn't matter. I yeah. don't care. So, uh, he seems decently well-adjusted somehow until the ghost of his mother warns him that being a dead spirit in a living body causes the vessel to decompose. Right. Unless he kills the entire family. So, Parker Crane and Josh's body goes full Jack Nicholson... Uh, but there is a delicious twist because if he's out here living in Josh's body, where's Josh? That's the question. Well, the spirit of Patrick Wilson has, has been in the further yep. trying to communicate this whole time, mm-hmm. not just in Insidious Chapter 2, but way back in the first movie, too. That's right. We find out that he, the spirit of Josh, was the one that set off the house's alarms in Insidious Chapter 1. Yep. Which is like... I don't know, pathetically know. trying to stop the haunting, which we already know fully happened. Yeah, I know. Which is weird. And he's been playing the piano at weird times in chapter two, trying to get his wife's attention. Right. Can Josh get back in his body and banish Veilhead once and for all? Yes. Yeah. Seems that way. He can. Yeah, unless we're told otherwise in future, you know, in the red door. True. Because, the- by the way, we follow the Lambert family for one and two here, and then we're going to follow, like, different families for three and four, and so five is a return to the family we started with. Yes, five is evidently a direct sequel to this movie, Chapter right. Two, um, where at the end of it, they ask to have their memories erased. Mm-hmm. So in five, in the new movie, we're going to see, like, oh, no, they get their memories back. What yeah. does that mean for them? There's also a fun tease at the end, because... Now we've got Elise who's dead, and she does right. come back as a ghost in this movie. Mm-hmm. But also, like Saw, they killed the lead. Yes, you're right. They killed the character that they want the movies to orbit around. And then it seems like that puts them in a sticky place. And now they're screwed. Right. But they do nudge at the end of this movie that the ghost Elise yeah. is going to visit houses to help haunted people. Yeah. And Specs and Tucker are going to be there too, almost like the Frighteners. Totally. They're going to let her do the talking and then they'll deal with the families yeah. while she investigates the further. Right. Which is a great idea. 
yeah. that they never follow. Yes. I mean, at least uh, could they possibly follow it in the fifth? Maybe. I don't I know. I guess that, that's to be it? seen as is, well. Right? She's in the trailer, but yeah, she's in the trailer right. like in flashbacks almost. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Lin Shay, I mean, she's not, she's in her 70s, I think. Yeah. She could. Yeah. I have no idea. We'll, we'll have to yeah. see. But my feeling is like, I, I said that the first movie kind of reminded me of Poltergeist, just like family in a house and mm-hmm. can we find the kid who's lost in the other world? Right. This is like The Shining, where, yes, it very much is. where Patrick Wilson goes ham and tries to kill his family. And Back to the Future Part 2, where we revisit <laughs> things we've already seen, but yeah. from a new perspective. Patrick Wilson was there yes. as a ghost the whole time. Yes, absolutely. He was witnessing the events of Chapter 1 as right. a ghost from the future. Right. That's true. The further is outside of time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you, Interesting. What do you think? Um, so I, I liked it fine. Yeah. Honestly, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I really like Elise's Basement. Cool place. What was your basement? It's scary. They like, so Specs and Tucker go in there because they're like looking for a tape, I guess, that she said that they oh, could right. find or whatever. Because she taped her experiences with Josh. Yeah. Because when he was a kid, she worked with him. Right. And then erased his memory of his childhood stuff. I don't really understand the memory erasing thing, how this works. Seems like a bad idea. Well, I also just don't understand the mechanics of it. Like, they don't show it. They just kind of refer to the fact that, like, you can erase their memories. True. Totally true. But yeah, no, the movie actually begins with a lengthy flashback of a young Elise. And a young Carl who's in this movie. And young Carl has a terrible fake beard. I couldn't believe the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Because I, like I said, I was expecting these movies to get better as they go. Did it remind you of Indiana Jones a little bit? Um, Have you seen Indiana Jones yet? No, I had not seen it yet. So in Indiana Jones, there they do. I'm not. It's not much of a spoiler. No, this is pretty out there. Yeah. Yeah, they do a de aging thing, but they're using Harrison Ford's current day voice because obviously they would need to because it's new scenes. Yeah. And in Insidious Two, it's a flashback of Elise as a much younger woman, but they're using grown up Elise's voice. I think. Oh. Right. Oh so yeah. It sounds like a woman in her 70s coming out of the mouth of a woman who's like, I don't know, early 30s. It is a distracting, <laughs> baffling decision. It's very weird. What a bizarre choice. And yeah. it immediately took me out of the movie where I was like, like, again, like there's, there's the side of me that like I can appreciate them working with less money than they probably need to uh-huh. do the job right or something. And then there's just like decisions where I'm like, who? Yeah, that's a who decision. Who okayed some of these choices where I'm like. These movies are also kind of a mess. Yeah. I mean, they certainly could have just had the actor who was playing Elise use their voice. Absolutely. <laughs> but just they do a voice. Yeah. Or just say that Lynn. Listen, we understand that this isn't Lynn Shay. It's fine. The audience. And I also, here's the other thing that's frustrating about some of these like decisions of, of like de-aging people. It's yeah. like, I, I know that ghosts aren't real. Right. But I'll suspend my disbelief to enjoy the ghosts. Yeah. I will be fine if Lynn Shea's voice does Sounds not come different. out of a young woman's mouth. Certainly. I prefer it. As I a can take of fact. that leap. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I'll go with you. There's very little at risk. Right. So, yeah. So, she taped all of her um, sessions with Josh. And then, yeah, Specs and Tucker are somehow directed down there to, to check them out. And so, her basement is like everything is like red. And then she has like a back room area kind of that has a bunch of tapes and there's like a cool seance table and like candles everywhere. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's right. It almost looks like um, the 
the lipstick face demons kind of yeah another world realm yes room it sort of does it's like she's got her own parlor and so does he right and he listens to records down there and she's got tapes yeah but with an mean? old lady's like, touch yes she feels for a little sure. friendlier yes Lin Shay grows on me over the course of this whole franchise she Same. gets I think she Same. gets better and better as mm. we go too yeah I think so but this is also where it's like this is some of the stuff where I'm just like I don't know I I, I don't I, I can't care about most of this I, yeah. I just can't and it's confusing like it's very confusing I, I really didn't understand at first how they even got on the trail of Parker Crane and I had to look it up because no. I was like wait why have we come to this conclusion just all of a sudden there's like the the family splits into two teams one is like going to a, is investigate the ghost of Parker Crane and he was at this hospital and here's what his modus operandi was and Josh's and mom was, saw him right when she was a nurse yeah and it was because the ghost of Elise told them to like go find a tape or something it's, it's something that's just very, there's not a lot of reason behind it. There's a it. lot of broad strokes reveals. It's very broad, whatever it is. It's, so, it's like go into the basement and then they find a tape that says like Parker Crane or something. Totally. And it's just like, I don't know, just to get you there. We just got to get them there. So yeah, exactly. whatever it takes, whoever, however stupid it is, mm -hmm. get them to understand Parker Crane. You're going to need yeah. to know that. But she's also, you mentioned this guy, Carl, who's introduced. So he was an associate. Mm -hmm. of Elise's that worked with her as a younger man now as an old man he's like she's dead yeah. maybe that doesn't mean she can't help us yeah I know and he goes every every medium has their own tools boy is his tool efficient this is one lucky medium so as Elise wore the gas mask he has a sack of dice that have letters on them and when he throws the dice out ghosts can pick which letters are facing up to spell words it's it's got like a ninety nine percent success rate. It, it's like it's incredible. I would think that these things like like somebody might be like dice. Yeah, right. You're seeing what you want to see. No, you it'll know? say like the word knife. Yes, <laughs> and it'll it'll tell you like direct information about what you're the room you're in right now. Yeah, you know? like it's like two on the nose. These movies this aren't. This guy's very lucky. It's weird to like be like he's got a mechanism that you could debate is it real or not. Right. But we're going to show you in an over-the-top way that it's 100% real. Yeah, beyond question. If I saw this in real life, I would be very thrown. You'd be I'd like, oh, ghosts exist. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, the, the, he's like, Elise is telling us to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to the hospital, he realizes that some of the information that they're suddenly getting is shifting. He goes, this isn't Elise, is it? And then he throws the dice and it says, it never was. <laughs> and I'm like... Really tipping your hand, by why, the way. Why is that so blunt? Yeah. That's where I'm also like... That's all it took. Where it's also like baby's first scary movie. Yeah. Where it's like, we don't need to so like... silly. There's no inference. There's no, you know... No, it's completely... It actually quite literally spelled out for you. Literally going to be spelled out for you. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like something I feel like I've seen a million different places. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not really being contacted by the real person. Are we? Yeah. Well, why would that person then immediately drop the facade... There's no attempt oh, to be like, doing it. no, it's me. Yeah. Or uh, I don't know. Just it, it never was at least I'm the demon. Ha ha ha. Yeah, ha. right. It's very weird. It's extremely weird. So this ends with, of course, him, you know, being able to expel Parker's force on his body. Parker was the, the veil head lady. And um, and yeah, as you said, we're left with them being memory wiped. And then we move from them to another family for three. Yes. So yeah. this is, uh, well, why don't we take a break real quick say, before we leap into let's Insidious. Let's talk about our family. Yes, we should. Before we talk about their family. Our guide to the unknown family. That's right.
Um, so if you go to patreon.com slash gttupod, you can check out a place to support the show by doing a monthly pledge. We have a bunch of different options and you can see whatever works for you. And in exchange, you get access to the Netherworld Dispatch, which is our second podcast, which releases episodes every single Monday. Now the demon tier, which is at the top, gets those every Monday episodes. But when you go to the page, you can see the other options to get them bi-weekly or monthly. Yep. Our most recent episode was a review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Mm -hmm. We braved <laughs> the pits and snakes and we got to the movie. We saw it. We and saw that movie. We, and then and we, we talked, talked about, about it. it. Um, I also want to say this. Mm -hmm. um, so please, patreon.com slash Pod. Yes. But I've got a thing coming up that I think is pretty fun yes. and I want to get this on people's radar because I hear that the tickets are already like like 75% sold out. So, so cool. you've got to pounce on this if you're uh, interested. In Burkittsville, Maryland, where the Blair Witch Project was based and partially shot, they are screening the Blair Witch Project for the first time. We're going to yeah. watch the Blair Witch Project in the Burkittsville Cemetery. Very cool. This is Saturday, August 12th, starting basically at sundown. Now, this was already happening, and then I got in touch with some of the people that were running it. Boom, all of a sudden, I'm going to be running a little trivia game yeah. ahead of the screening, which is fun. So if you come down by 8 o'clock on Saturday, August 12th, I'm going to have some Blair Witch Project trivia for you. It's so awesome. I wish I could be there. I have a family thing on my husband's side. so. But I do already know that there are some Guide to the Unknowns. I know. I whatever. Some guideys have already gotten tickets. People in our Discord that I get to through Patreon, we've, we've been talking about it. So I already, I'm going to be doing a, a little Guide to the Unknown meetup with some I folks. I know, it's so cool. My FOMO is out of control. Totally cool. And yeah. basically everybody that I'm uh, friends with is unable to join me. So I'm going to be there alone, <laughs> but I'll be meeting up with all you kind people. Yeah, it's awesome. So Definitely go. Come and join us. It's going to be super fun. I'll have a link below, or you can just Google uh, the Blair Witch Project uh, projected in Burkittsville yeah. and you'll get right to the, to the event, get your tickets now. Um, and, uh, we've been on our, um, on our expedition to get a thousand yes. reviews. We presently sit at 892. Oh, awesome. Thank you very much. Everyone out there who's done that. So here's a recent review from Gemini Moonchild. Ooh. Enjoyed the episode about bones and sleepy hollow. Good. Hi, this podcast is so much fun. I have watched the first few seasons of Bones and maybe a couple episodes of Sleepy Hollow. After starting this episode, I went back to watch the crossover episodes and was not disappointed. Oh, good. I now want to watch more Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, right. Love the banter between the hosts. They sound like me and my brother. Nice. Five stars. Love it. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Thank you, Gemini Moonchild. Yeah. Greatly thanks appreciated. Thanks for making the leap to writing a review. And anybody out there, if you haven't left us a review, we would love you to on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, whatever. And thank you. Seriously, thank you so much because it really helps other people like trust that it's going to be a good show and check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's not waste any time. Yeah. We're going to jump to insidious chapter three now, right. which uh, came out in 2015 and is decidedly different. Very. Which I think is great news. I do too. I think that was a really good pivot because you know, you're starting to get like fatigued kind, or at least I was starting to get fatigued of the storyline of what was going on yes. with the Lambert family. Not really them necessarily, but, but how long can they just be tortured? It was fun to see that this could pivot as much as I did like Patrick Wilson pulling out his own teeth 
as his body rotted and he chases i thought he was great as like a jack nicholson i thought he was too i, I think he did he's a, great a really job. good actor i really he's, like him. i like him quite yeah. a bit and uh we've got a, a friend of uh yes matt stocky who was one of the characters in my blair witch project uh game that that when i was with hunter killer we made yeah uh he is close friends with patrick wilson and mm-hmm. gave me some like inside scoop about the next insidious yeah well really just that patrick that it was happening and patrick wilson was directing it but still that was like two years ago so it was that a long was time ago scoop. i did know yes. some inside stuff how yes. about that uh so chapter three we left chapter two with the promise of elise as a ghost helping people mm-hmm. but i guess they wanted her to be alive instead so prequel yeah we for the first Good time idea, though i think it's not a bad idea yeah. but it is it is it weird. is funny yeah. they even at the end of chapter two the house she walks into to help people i know it's a girl in a wheelchair i know <laughs> and then this movie is about a girl in a wheelchair but it's a prequel yeah it's strange it's, it's like they want you to like get mixed up and be like oh right this is all connected but it's not it's not at yeah. all connected so for the first time lee wanell directs yeah. a movie one of these movies mm-hmm. james wan has uh moved on to the conjuring stuff fast and furious uh but really i didn't know he directed fast and furious sure i think That's it was cool. part seven nice. i think but so uh this is the story of how elise got her groove back <laughs> you see elise was always psychic But after the suicide of her husband, she attempted to call out to his spirit only to accidentally draw the attention of malicious ghosts, including the bride in black, Mm -hmm. who is always there waiting to kill Elise if she ever enters the further again. Right. So she has sworn off being a psychic. Yeah. And this is going to be the story of how she became the Elise that we met in chapter one. Mm -hmm. Most of the story, however, is about a teenager named Quinn Brenner, who is hit by a car and bedridden all summer. Quinn's mother died a year ago, and Quinn has been calling out to her spirit, which we all know is just courting danger. Right. Quinn's father, the youngest zaddy of all time, <laughs> Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, it's Dermot Mulroney with like this like floppy haircut, so it looks like he's <laughs> it looks like a 90s teenage boy haircut. He looks like Agent Strom. Yes. In Saw. He does. You're absolutely right. There's like a little boy dressed up as an adult quality. Or an adult trying to look young quality. There's a Venn diagram of adult and cool dad happening. I think that Agent Strom looks like little boy somehow magicked into an adult. And then Dermot Mulroney looks like an adult trying to magic into a little boy. I think you're absolutely right about that. It also doesn't help that Agent Strom (laughs) was Petey, the guy that ran the coffee shop. (laughs) In uh, Godric's Hollow and Gilmore <laughs> Girls or whatever. He had like a backward baseball cap all the time. I know. I've seen pictures. He looks like a Spielbergian little <laughs> baseball boy. And he's like a romance lead, right? In a hulking body. I don't know. Yeah. He looks like Jason Lee crossed with Nicholas Cage. 100%. Yeah, he does. You're right. Good so, call. Dermot Mulroney is a grump who means well but he's helpless to understand the sounds and visions Quinn is suddenly having of a giant monster man who wears an oxygen mask dripping black tar Mm -hmm. as he struggles to breathe. The man who can't breathe compels people to kill themselves, and I guess he's working on Quinn now? Yeah. Even though that never feels super duper true? No, it's not really like, it's not really locked in. No. Anyway, Elise meets Tux and Specker. Tux. She wears tux. <laughs> it's because we're trying to get a tux endorsement, like Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing my tux, my tux shirt. 
Johnny Knoxville went on a talk show wearing a Tux shirt to see if they would send him product. Tux is basically <laughs> depends. Yeah. So no, no, no. I think it's hemorrhoid cream. Is it hemorrhoid cream? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get that cream. Yeah. So Elise meets Tucker and Specs for the first time. They are at this point a duo of bro-ish ghost hunters who always fake their results, but together they form a band the likes of which has never been seen. And they sort of help Elise. Yeah. The man who can't breathe. I liked. I like seeing their little origin story. I, I thought like it was fun. These next two movies yeah. show the gradual development of Tucker and Specs, mm -hmm. which is a weird evolution to watch when they were just sort of there. Right. They're just kind of there in yeah. the first two. Yeah. It's funny to yeah, see like a whole trajectory for them, but we do. Yep. So uh, the man who can't breathe keeps a weird, no-eyed doppelganger of Quinn on a leash? I didn't understand. In the further. Yeah. But then Quinn's mother helps defeat him? Mm-hmm. I'm really not sure what happened at the end of this movie. I'm not either. But it's complete... This, these are now my editorializing, I guess. It's completely acceptable. <laughs> and the, I also found it acceptable, honestly. The day is saved thanks partially to Elise basically doing kung fu. She throws a demon oh, in the yeah, further yeah, yeah. Yes. and even does the like wave, yes. like come get me, come Shocking. get some. Shocking. A shockeroo. Yeah. Now Elise is cool hunting ghosts, but boo, <laughs> the lipstick demon pops up for a quick scare. And looks directly into the camera. That's how this ends. You see just, me? Is just like the demon ghost or whatever. What is it? Lipstick demon? Lipstick face Looking demon. at you because he see you. Yeah. It's like yeah. the franchise is like, remember when we had a a recognizable icon that we never did anything with maybe we'll show them to what you does this next mean? time what it's are we to a, make of this it's a this is where i'm like these aren't movies <laughs> they are movies i know i say that a lot yeah. they're movies but it's like there's also like this meta game of like remember just, this guy remember this guy because like make sure you want to come back to see more right I know. like let's we want to make we want to make more because right. it makes money strange so I don't know. Remember that there was something cool that we never tapped into? I promise we'll show you him next time if you just make this successful enough. Do they, by the way? Because I didn't finish watching the fourth one. No. The, the lipstick face demon has been strung along through I all these movies. And under he, I he needs to be yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point, I think. Mm -hmm. It was nice that this was um, like a, a normal color shot movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't all dingy and stuff. I dare say, with Lee Wanell taking over, mm -hmm. I think this might be one of the better ones. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I do think it was one of the better ones. Yes, I agree. I, I like James Wan. Yeah. And this was Lee Wanell's, and I think that this is brilliant too, because they created their low-budge horror franchise, which is almost like a creativity playground for Lee Wanell, I would think. Like mm -hmm. if he wanted if, if James Wan wasn't able to. It gave Lee Wanell the opportunity to say, I think I want to try to get into directing. Yeah. And it's a movie like this where it's like the third mm -hmm. Insidious Yeah, three. there are certain things that are already set up. So it's kind of a nice like on ramp. And not only that, but what a low risk thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's, There's it's not a ton be, of pressure on yeah. Insidious 3. Right. But this is what then gave him some experience and skill to then get to something like The Invisible Man, mm -hmm. which I think is... Oh my God! Yeah, Lee Wan L directed I that. Totally forgot. And it's like beautifully well, yeah, shot and terrific. I got a literal chill. I guess I clearly need to watch The Invisible Man because my body responded to it. Mm -hmm. I loved that movie. I forgot that was Lee Wan L. It was Lee Wan L. Right. And I, I, that's where it's like uh, there's like this armchair quarterback thing that mm -hmm. I like to do with horror sometimes, where I'm like, yeah. it's exciting to see 
the 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 people who create the movies that I enjoy watching yeah. their trajectory, watching them try things, and this yeah. was Lee Wanell's start. And like, that's right. Even though it's like, I don't know, it's got its its faults, but I almost just like want to root for this movie. Yeah, I really want to champion part three, which is kind of wacky. I know. I don't really know a lot about directing. I don't totally know what their job is. I'm going to be totally honest to you, with you. Well, I know that they're doing yeah. shots. Uh-huh. I know they're going to talk uh-huh. to the actors. I'm not totally sure what's going on. However, the, I know looks play into it. Yes. And it looks very nice. It looks nice. I like even just, um, and it's not even just because I like like fairy lights or whatever. I like that the way that they play with these like string lights that are strung around her bedposts, which are also kind of like, I don't know, like thorny looking or something. Oh, okay. They sort of use that, I feel like, to interesting effect. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Like at one point, they everything's all screwed up, whatever, and then those go on. And it's sort of the signal that we're like coming back and things are going to be okay. Oh, cool. And I it didn't like really gives get... the room kind of like a nice warm light and it just instantly makes things feel better in a way that just like a normal light wouldn't. It's like a, a cozy sort of feel. Wow. That's pretty. I didn't even key into that. That's cool. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. I think I think that there are like a, a million different ways you can be a director. Yeah. Like I think some director, like the, sometimes it's like the cinematographer shoots the whole thing. Sometimes yeah, no, the director I, is sort of their own know. cinematographer. Yeah. Like, I think that there are multiple levels, but I'm at sure. the end of the day, the director is very much like the one of the higher stakeholder decision makers. Yeah. Here's right. the vibe we're going for. Here's how everything is going to play out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I really William think has directed quite a bit. I've directed, but not, but not visual not stuff, visual yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. which I think is Will a big. Will has directed me and you're a gorgeous director. Thank you very much. I love you're directing. Welcome. I love working with You're great at it. You're really great at it. Thank you very you're much. You're welcome. Uh, uh, but so um, I do think that there's a total different vibe and flavor here mm-hmm. even though it still is playing the exact same games and yeah. gags and jokes and scares as ever yeah there's also like a rhythm to a lee wanell james wan scare mm-hmm. where yeah. it's like and it's like some of it is just like some of it's cozy mm-hmm. and some of it's just like we've been saying tired yeah and some of it just there's a, a, a and i weird... feel like it can be just what you're what mood you're in while you're watching it that's a good point you know what i mean like yep. it could either be like this is familiar and i kind of like it which is sort of the way that i felt about seeing those like very classic to me like james wan sort of uh scary figures like the ghosts and the further mm-hmm. or you could come to that and be like i've seen this a million times yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's just like your mood. But it's like these things where it's like Quinn's in bed and she's got a friend who lives next door and so they knock on the wall to each other. Yeah. And then she texts and she's like, I'm sorry, I hope I didn't wake you up. And the friend goes, I'm at my grandma's house. Yeah. Then who was knock? Then who was knock? I know. It's like, of course. Got it. Like, I've seen, how many times have you seen that? A million. But is it, co- is it cozy or tired? That's the question. It depends. I don't know. I yeah. guess it depends. I feel like the overall mood of a movie can sometimes really influence that for me, where either, I mean, I think it can be kind of similar to how rewatching things is sort of comforting, like, yeah. you know, all of the beats and stuff. And so sometimes it can be like, yeah, this is what what's happening. And sometimes if you're in the mood for something that's going to like jolt you or be exciting, it's like, can you give me something else? Yes, totally, totally. But uh, And sometimes the, the mood and vibe of a movie can sort of set you up for that feeling or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. But this is also like yet another Insidious movie where I feel like they sort of have their cake and eat it too. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, in the last one, we at least started to be like, there's a big bad ghost. Right. The Bride in Black was a serial killer, did this, here was their name, here's how they worked. And it wasn't super impactful, Mm -hmm. but it did feel like, oh, we're going to understand who the threat guy is. Yes. But then here we've got this cool demon thing 
the man who can't breathe. Yeah. And it seems like maybe he lives on the floor above because there's an abandoned apartment and gross tar footprints are there. Yeah. And he crawls in the... I like the tar footprints. I thought that was cool. I think all these individual things are cool, but right. we never, ever, ever seemingly get like, who is this? Why? What? What is... And also... It just is happening. He's simply dispatched by removing his oxygen mask. Which seems like the obvious thing to go to. Yeah, like an hour ago. Yes. Again, you obviously can't do that because you don't want it to be over an hour. But still, there's got to be a reason that that didn't happen. There Uh, should be, I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where it's just like everything in an insidious movie Mm -hmm. is underbaked, but there's a lot of it. Yes. Like things are constantly happening, but each... Each of them is like paper thin. And I, I think that cool imagery is sort of what they're able to coast on somewhat. Absolutely. Yeah. Great standout moment for me. Like play of the game. Right. If we're being sports casters mm-hmm. here. Is like Quinn sees the, uh, the a ghost of somebody jump out her window. Yeah, I thought that was And she's fun. trying to show her dad like, I saw him. It was right here. And then a ghost grabs her arm and pulls her out the window. And also strangely before that. So like they're chasing, I guess, I guess footprint. I, I think dad is following the, fo- the tar footprints or whatever. And he looks out the window and there is a figure down on the ground. Yeah. So he's like, oh, they jumped. And then like Quinn looks over and it grabs her. So what What was that? What's the deal with that? It crashed in corporeal form on the ground? Is it just messing with you? I know. I, I really don't know. And this is why. I, like, I was surprised to see something yeah. when he looked out. You would think, I guess it's one of the few moments where it's not giving you exactly what you would expect. Because I expected that he was going to look out the window and nothing's there. Yep. But there's like a white form on the ground. Like, like this guy looks like he's not wearing like, you know, pants and a shirt or whatever. Yes. Like, it's just this white thing. And you're like, what the hell? It is weird. This movie, like this whole franchise feels like it doesn't have much to do. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, usually sometimes the scares come out of when are we going to scare you this time? Yeah. What yeah. On what beat of a rhythm are we going to get you this time? Right. They do this in the next one, too, where it's like. Elise, like, looking around a door frame and then looking back. Mm -hmm. And then looks around, there's nothing there, looks back. Looks around, there's nothing there, looks back. You know at some point the ghost is going to be there or it's going to be when she's looking away. It's just like, at what point will it occur? Because it's it's going to occur. Of course. That's the game an Insidious movie plays, is just when, rhythmically, will the scare happen? Yeah, totally. Because most of the time they're bloodless Mm -hmm. and they don't lead to actual circum... like, Like... you like know, everybody's okay. Everyone's gonna end, be fine. Except for Elise in the first one. Very, but. very weird franchise. <laughs> it is. But it's also where I start being like, because there's so little to do. Mm-hmm. You start getting into your own head canon where I'm like, ghosts and demons. That's what Insidious One set up. Yeah. The ghosts want to be in the body, but then there's lipstick face demon who just sort of has his own parlor. Right. So how about this? Take just use this in the future, Insidious. They're all ghosts, mm-hmm. as we would think about them. They all used to be humans. Yeah. But the ones that go mad in the further, those can start to go get crazed on their own power. Yeah. Or start to get corrupted. And kind of evolve into demons. Evolve sort of. into demons. Yeah. Lipstick face demon literally colors in his own face and has to sharpen I think his that's nails. A great idea. Has to sharpen his nails on that thing because he's because not he's a demon. Human. He's a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's turning into something in the further, the more that you're there. Yeah, I think if that's If you awesome. don't move on to heaven, if you're stuck in this limbo realm, mm-hmm. you're inevitably going to go mad. Yeah, if you're there for long enough. And you might either feed on your other weaker ghosts mm-hmm. or mm. get fed on yourself. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You want to be one of the top dogs and become your own demon. Yeah. So the man who can't breathe has to victimize other people if he wants to survive here at all. Ah. Demon. Yeah. 
No, that is good. Although I somewhat don't love the idea that they have to feed on other people, otherwise whatever, because then it takes away the black and whiteness that I find comforting of like, there's a person who is in circumstances that are forcing them to be bad. True. I like it when it's just a bad guy, which is my own thing. Yeah, no, I can accept that. Yeah. I, I can accept that. But mm -hmm. I would think that if Josh was stuck in the further for long enough, yeah. he'd go insane with his family not, so. not hearing him. Yeah. And would yeah. eventually become, you know, the dad in plaid. You know, who haunts everybody. <laughs> the dad and plan. I don't know. All right, let's move on to Insidious The Last Key. Yeah. Which, as of our recording, is the most recent mm -hmm. one until the new movie comes out. Now, this one I watched like five minutes of. We had structured, structured this as me watching the first two, and Will knew he would watch all of them, even though it'd be technically like he'd be doing the last, the last two. Um, so I was just like going as far as I felt like. And by this point, I was like, I'm done. I like it when we play a game where it's like, you're allowed to stop whenever you want. Uh -huh, but yeah. what was it? That, you know what? They got to the, why don't you do the plot first? Because it's hard to explain. The plot's going to surprise you. Okay, well, I'll tell you that. So this one does finally has another trick up its sleeve that I don't think they can ever really do again. But it was a good trick. Oh. Okay, yeah. so I stopped. The, the beginning plot of this is that Elise gets a call from somebody who needs her psychic help, and it turns out that they live in the house that she grew up in. And so she goes there reluctantly with um, Specs and Tucker and is going to investigate. And I just I just realized that there are probably not going to be any, I might have been wrong, like more characters really in the mix. Right. And I didn't, I, I didn't feel that there was like a good lead for me to really latch on to and be following here. At least ah. just wasn't really that for me. And I wasn't really into the guy who lives in the house. And I like Specs and Tucker, but they're not really central. And I was like, there's no one here who I really want to watch for an hour and a half. And so it so just petered out. out. It just yeah. it just slowly died for you. Pretty much. That's interesting. I think that if there had been a compelling lead in there for me, then I might have kept watching it. They tried okay i'm not sure if they tried that hard okay <laughs> so check this one out in the prequel part two because this is just following it's pre-insidious one mm -hmm. but follows from the last one where elise is just like at full power right basically. they need her to be alive they need her to be alive we learn about elise's origin as a girl in an abusive household where she saw ghosts and was brutally punished for it there's a lot here she knew every time a prisoner at the local jail was executed. Did you see that scene? Yes. Where she's like, his name was Peter, you know, <laughs> Alabaster. She's like facing away from the TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She recites, you know, everything. His last meal was just a big pile of meatballs. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but like she, she's a psychic girl and then dad's mad at her for being psychic yeah. girl. Uh, and then uh, she unlocked some sort of metaphysical or metaphorical door in the basement unleashing a demon with keys mm -hmm. for fingers sick which is a cool thing actually it is cool it's pretty gross though it, it is gross uh, the poster for this is on the screen that we have here on the set and you can maybe google it if you want i don't like how the fingers taper to become the keys and get those little wrinkles it looks gross to me and like when you have carrots for too long it does look like when you have carrots for too long yeah you're absolutely right don't i think i think it's a cool design yeah um so the d this key finger demon is unleashed. After her mother's death, life only got worse for Elise and her brother uh, under her monstrous father. Running away as a teenager, decades elapsed over which her father died and her younger brother had kids of his own. The current owner of the house calls Elise for help ridding himself of an evil spirit, so Elise follows the strings of fate back to her childhood home. She reconnects with her brother and her nieces, whose specs and Tucker grossly hit on. 
How old are they? They seem very young. Gross. And it's like Lee Wan L wrote himself as hitting on this. It was weird. Yeah. It seemed unwanted. Yeah. It seemed like they were like not grossed out by the men, but like just kind of like, <laughs> you're funny. Oh. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, ugh. It's like they wanted to create two young Elises oh. for Specs and Tucker to both date. I don't, I don't It's very weird. Strange. And she starts to commune with the many spirits in her old house that constantly repeat the phrase, help her! They just scream out of nowhere. Elise finds a hidden room in the basement where she sees a strange sight. A ghost chained to the floor. Hmm. Wait, that's not a ghost. Is it Dr. Gordon? Oh my God, you're right! It probably is, it from prob- Saw! It was, it was Carrie Always, was yeah. chained up in the basement mm-hmm. in insidious And then form. Lee Wanell is doing double duty. He's at Before him. he does single duty by reaching into the toilet to get the tape recorder. You're already, you already did duty in mm-hmm. Saw. That's right. But it turns out that the current owner of the house kidnapped this woman and was keeping her chained in the basement. Oh. And he is pissed that Elise found this room. Why'd he call her in? He wanted her... To help get rid of the ghost that's haunting him. Uh-huh. It is the ghost that made him kidnap this woman and chain her uh-huh. to the basement. A fight ensues and Specs squishes the homeowner to death with a bookcase. Wow. The bookcase lands on this man's there head. There must have been some bookcase. And you basically literally hear like, Ew. and then blood just comes Specs killed a guy before Insidious Chapter 1. Yeah, right. He's killed a man. So... Elise's nieces enter the house. Reese's pieces. One is attacked by key fingers, okay. who knocks her to the floor. And what does key fingers look like besides the key fingers? Monster face. I don't know. Just okay. frail old body monster face. Yeah. Very uninteresting aside from the key fingers. Mm-hmm. But he has a cool messed up move. Yeah. He takes one of his creepy key fingers and inserts it into her throat. Ooh. And then lock. She can't make a sound. Oh, God. That is... Cool, but Her voice yikes. goes silent, which is really creative yeah. and gross and weird yeah, and kind of neat. That is kind of neat. So it turns out that Key Fingers routinely manipulates men in this house to kidnap and hurt women, mm-hmm. including Elise's father way back when. Oh, okay. She has a flashback. The night that she ran away from home, she and her brother were walking through the halls and she turned a corner and there was one of the ghosts mm-hmm. standing like nose to nose with her. And then her father rounds a corner. He's like, what are you doing girl? She goes, there's, I just saw a woman in the bathroom. Yeah. And the father looks and he goes, there's no one here. We see it later. That was a woman who was alive, who managed to escape from the room. Oh. And when Elise goes, there's a woman in the bathroom. The father looks in, shoots a dirty look at that woman to stay silent. Oh. And then turns to Elise and goes like, you're seeing things again. Hmm. It's a, they do this trick at least twice in this movie of uh-huh. Elise can see ghosts. So sometimes the thing she sees, she assumes is a ghost, but right. really it's a victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great trick and yeah. a great mechanism. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I was, like it. I, it. It was a really interesting yeah, it's development. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Elise fights back again. And then at some point, the ghost of her dad helps. Oh. And is it like, are we redeeming this Sounds like it, man? Because right? it's a, this is basically like, you know, the fictional version of the Conjuring movies where everyone needs to be wholesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's only because of the demon that he did horrible things. So what? It sounds like it from what you're telling me. But then Elise's mother shows up 
and saves her. And she oh. finally has closure seeing her mom. Okay. And Lin Shay's like way older than the mom actress. It's like kind of interesting, but yeah. kind of also like, of course, like an angel has to show up at yeah. the end of this, you know? Right. So anyway, back home, Elise gets a phone call from Josh Lambert's mother. <gasps> it seems the youngest son of the family, Dalton, is possessed by a spooky ghost. <laughs> family Dalton. The loop closed. Yeah. The end. Oh, but they also show us the lipstick face demon again. Just to remind us that that still is somewhere in this franchise. Is it just at the end of the movie again? It just yeah, pops up on screen? it's basically just another like jump That's scare so silly. again. And then I just wrote, better luck next time <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> How weird. It's fine. Ari lipstick demon. It's, yeah. it's fine. The trajectory it's of this franchise is like they found their, really, it feels like they were always chasing having um a format that they could tell you could have like a million books where it's Elise uh -huh, and Tux yeah. and Specker. What? Tux and Specker. Tux and Specker. Tux. <laughs> Back to Tux. By the way, I just want to say we got confirmation in the chat a while ago that Tux are hemorrhoids pads. That's right. It's Tux pads. Tux Thank pads. you very much, Kat, who is watching us live because we record live every week on YouTube.com slash GTTU pod on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank Sorry you, that Kat. that was long. But so uh, they wanted to have a format that they could just do, like, tune in next week. Yeah. They'll go to another house. Yeah, definitely. And so it's like chapters one and two are bizarre and experimental and messy. Yeah. And then three is like, oh, you can do this every single week. Totally. So then when we get to the last key, they just kind of do. Uh-huh. And again, we never learn who Keyfinger is, was, what they want, whatever. Uh, there's a whole thing about a whistle. I'm pretty sure that Elise's ghost mom blows into a whistle and it blows key yeah, fingers. Because she, she gives um, Elise's brother a whistle that he can blow when he's having a bad nightmare or something. I don't know. In the know. beginning. I don't know. It didn't, yeah. this, this movie was fine. Yeah. But it's just like, a, it's like a freak of the week kind of uh -huh. story. But it does get us to the closed loop of like, yeah, at the end of this, it gonna... goes to chapter one. This is it. Actually, before chapter one, it really kind of goes to chapter two. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because yeah. chapter two is the intro where she's helping Josh as a young boy. But so whatever this complicated folding in on itself storytelling method is that Lee right. Wan-El has, chapters one through four are their own complete story yeah. that you can set down. And now we're going to start moving into Insidious 5, mm -hmm. which is Insidious the Red Door. Yeah. And this is similar to Lee Wan-El. Using this franchise as a chance to get into directing. Yeah. This is Patrick Wilson's first, yeah, totally. first directing job mm -hmm. on Insidious 5, which I, again, I'm like all about. Yeah. I'm not anticipating this movie blowing my hair back. Same, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm curious to see. I, to my knowledge, I don't think Lee Wanell wrote it. I don't know. But like, I'm curious to see what things are still like. Yeah, what parts of the in, DNA they've kept. Yeah, and yeah. what feels new. Because I think there does need to be like a new trick or a new I bet. thing at play. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. But the Lambert family yeah. will be back. Uh, the entire family is back. Evidently, uh, Jason Blum, there's a mm -hmm. Blumhouse universe. Yep. Uh, Jason Blum was like, yeah, if it weren't for Patrick Wilson, I don't think we'd have every original character coming back. Oh, Ro interesting. Rose Byrne, the kid performers, they're all coming back. For this. Oh, I didn't realize that the kid performers were the actual kids from the first 
That's cool. Yeah, which is, which I love is that, kind of neat. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see it at this point. I am too. I guess it's like a family affair. This is like a, a team of people who works together. Yeah, right. And maybe this will be the movie that people eventually look at and they're like, did you know that that's Patrick Wilson's first yeah, right, right. directing job? Yeah, totally. Which is cool to think of. Yeah, So I'm, I'm curious to see that one. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, now, there are two lingering bits I do want to share with you just as like curiosities. They're very short. Great. I have this just labeled other in my notes because mm -hmm. there are these other threats of movies that might exist okay one is called thread an insidious tale okay due to come out maybe never oh. i guess maybe it's in it was yeah, announced at some point but i haven't heard anything about it hell. this would be an insidious spinoff starring mandy moore okay and kumail nanjiani okay I'll take it. Kumail Nanjiani, some of his stand-up is about horror movies. Yeah, totally. I would love to see him yeah. in a true blue horror movie. Definitely. And this is the one that's like the most like down-the-line uh -huh. horror tropes franchise. That yeah. would be fun to watch. Very classic. And then Jason Blum at some point suggested that there could be a crossover with Sinister. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember hearing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I guess Bagul might... I There's guess literally so. the monster of that movie is literally named Bagul. Yeah, Bagul. Which is... Good or bad? <laughs> he looks like the guy, uh, guy from Slipknot. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Totally. So there you go. That is uh, Insidious. Cool. One so through four. Yeah, a little primer to get you ready to see the fifth one. We hope you're uh, happy, JD. Yes, I hope you enjoyed, JD. I hope everybody enjoyed it. We are going to be doing a little Insidious 5 mini review on our Netherworld Dispatch that comes out this following Monday. It's going to yep. be at the end of the episode, 15, 20 minutes. Yep. Um, and yeah, so we'll see what we think. We'll see. I'm mm -hmm. curious. I'm, I'm curious to see it now. It'll be fun to see it in the big screen. Maybe it'll, these yeah. will feel a little different. Yeah, totally. You know, all big in front yeah. of you. All big. All big, all huge. Sprouts. Yeah, hell yeah. Nah, they don't have those anymore. No? No. Oh, those bastards. <laughs> Haven't you noticed the non-smell of Brussels sprouts wafting over to you <laughs> the last handful of times we've gone to a dine-in? Do you think it was an, an aroma issue? Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? All <laughs> they, right, everybody. They shrunk their menu. Okay. So uh, patreon.com slash pod if you enjoyed this show, if you mm -hmm. want to help support us. New shows come out every single Monday if you're in that demon tier. Yeah. Uh, come to the Burkittsville screening of the Blair yes. Witch Project in a cemetery. Go in my wake. In the cemetery. And Burkittsville itself is really neat to go to. It's very tiny. Um, I'll definitely be going there probably earlier in the day mm -hmm. and just kind of chilling, maybe do some writing. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun environment to go to. Yeah, that, um, that should be so fun. Definitely everybody should go. So drop by a uh, link in the show notes or just Google it up. Um, and you can even follow us online at GTTUPod to stay up to date with every time that we release a new show. Mm -hmm. At Chillin' Kristen, at The Myth Traveler. That's right. So we'll see you uh, next time, everybody, for some more uh, spooky stories and creepy conversation. That's right. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Into the further. Into the further, listen to my voice. Go in my stead. Walk carefully. Into the further, go away. You're going to want a gas mask. <laughs> <laughs>